This is Jill. This is Olivia. And you are listening to Bikini Drive-In on CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg. Our mission is to analyze horror and science fiction films through an intersectional feminist lens. We have backgrounds in screen and media studies, arts criticism, and women and gender studies. Our combined knowledge and experience will hopefully provide you with access points to feminist theory, art history, and film critique while using horror and science fiction genres as a site of discourse. Since we will be discussing portrayals of horror and violence, content warning, listener discretion is advised, etc., and look out, there are spoilers ahead. This month, we are trying something new. For the month of June, we are covering one of my favorite genres, werewolf movies. And to start off Werewolf Month, we will be discussing John Landis, 1981 film, An American Werewolf in London. This is the story of two young American students traveling through England on a night of the full moon. Let one live. A lunatic must have been a very fierce fellow. Wasn't a lunatic. What? A wolf. Oh, be serious, would you? And now everything is changing. Yes! Changing. I'm changing. John Landis, the brilliant young director of Animal House and the Blues Brothers, has turned a classic tale of terror into something new. Something different. Excuse me. A naked American man stole my balloon. I'm a werewolf. An American werewolf in London. Something different. David and Jack, two American college students, are backpacking through Britain when a large wolf attacks them. David survives with a bite, but Jack is brutally killed. As David heals in the hospital, he's plagued by violent, violent nightmares of his mutilated friend, who warns David that he is becoming a werewolf. When the full moon rises, David suddenly becomes extremely hot, rips off his clothes, and painfully transforms into a ferocious werewolf. David, now in his werewolf form, begins to prowl around the streets in, in the London underground, killing and slaughtering six citizens in the process. After wreaking havoc in the streets, cause, ver- causing various accidents and death, David is cornered and eventually shot by the police in an alleyway. Jill, what is your history with this film? It's not super interesting. Saw it maybe seven or so years ago and really liked it. I found it sad and creepy and it really made me want to visit the English moors. Spookiest um, place on earth. Yes. <laughs> and the practical effects are, are really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For how kind of like 80s camp it is, it, it's still quite Quite scary. Yeah. yeah. Frightening scenes. What about you? Uh, yeah. Boring story. I watched it a few years ago. Loved it. Uh, it had been a while since I've seen it, so I was really excited to rewatch it for our show. Um, yeah. The practical effects are amazing. And it's still, there's still like frightening imagery. Completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I just wanted to start off the discussion by discussing uh, 
myths of werewolves in general. So in folklore, a werewolf, or occasionally lycanthrope, is a human with the ability to shapeshift into a wolf, either purposefully or after being placed under a curse or affliction, often a bite or scratch from another werewolf, and especially on the night of a full moon. The persecution of werewolves and the associated folklore is an integral part of the witch hunt phenomenon, uh, although a marginal one. Um, accusations of uh, lycanthropy being involved in only a small fraction of witchcraft trials. Uh, during the early period, accusations of, uh, you know, someone being a werewolf um, or being able to transform into a wolf were mixed with accusations of wolf riding or wolf charming. Mm. Yeah, the Aaron Mankey lore podcast covers a lot mm. about the mythology surrounding surrounding werewolves, if that's something you're interested in. And yeah, totally similar to the witch hunts, the werewolf superstitions were supported by real life fears and unexplained mm -hmm. acts of violence in communities and werewolves could act as scapegoats for those unexplained tragedies. Mm -hmm. So there is more of kind of a pseudoscience mm -hmm. direction. Um, and that's something, there's something to be said for the cycles of the moon and how they affect humans. Um, and it does seem that crime rates tend to go up around the full moon, but yeah, the lunar effect is like, look it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. It's real. It's, it's, real. it's real. There's all sorts of different facets of, mm -hmm. of ways that it manifests in, mm -hmm. in humans and animals. So. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, much like vampires and other gothic monsters, werewolves symbolize repression and anxiety surrounding masculinities. The typical werewolf represents hyper or toxic masculinity. They're exceptionally muscular, hairy, and violent. Uh, there are natural parallels between uh, lycanthropy and puberty. During puberty, the human body changes dramatically. These changes can seem foreign, and they're definitely beyond a young person's control. Similarly, in some depictions, lycanthropy is a metaphor for menstruation. A young person's body changes according to a regular monthly cycle, and physical transformation is the hallmark of being a werewolf. Uh, as well, because of its typical transmission through biting and frequently fatal outcome, uh, lycanthropy can also be a metaphor for any contagious disease, particularly those that are transmitted sexually. Yes, to all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find it really interesting in looking at this film, um, as a comment on masculinity and especially with how much of it and how much the plot is, is progressed in this, using this very vivid dream state. Mm -hmm. um, dream worlds are often feminized and, and relate more to desire and romance and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So to construct a plot which relies heavily on changes of the body as well as a platonic or not so platonic, mm -hmm. as you view it, a male relationship mm -hmm. um, throughout the film... Um, and with their communications all existing mostly in a in a hazy kind of surreal state, mm -hmm. and and also the the yearning for safety and acceptance that you can see is really quite tender. Mm -hmm. There's also lots written about um, the American werewolf in London and viewing it as an allegory of exoticized Jewishness. So both Joshua Rothkopf and John Spira, Spira, Spira <laughs> both discuss the film in relation to David's growing awareness of his otherness mm -hmm. and his outsider status as a Jewish American in London. Uh, Rothkopf writes... Hiding a secret deep within one's body, strange urges, xenophobic glances, accusatory feelings of guilt. David's condition already has a name, and this won't be the first film in which Jewish otherness is made monstrous. 
And uh, Spiro writes about David as being sort of a Jewish hero to him when he was younger and how refreshing it was for, for him to see himself reflected in this film. And, and he discusses how the film um, embodies the, the fear of living as a Jewish person in a, in a modern post-Holocaust world. Um, we're about to play you the dream sequence involving... Uh, this really violent mm-hmm. dream that David has where it's it's kind of a flashback to David, uh, his family mm-hmm. at home in the States, and there's lots of Jewish imagery. You can see lots of a collection of menorahs on the mantle and all that, and then, um, yeah, it's kind of a mutant Nazi mm-hmm. violent. It's quite terrifying. Yeah, it's almost like a, I don't know, like a metaphor for like generational trauma and yeah. collective memory within yes. his like dream that he's having completely mm-hmm. aptly sir delivery that's good it's good it's a good yeah. aggressive behavior better than, better than my ass In researching um, feminism and werewolves or female <laughs> werewolves, there's not there's not much. However, I did find um, thanks to artsy.net, I did find a, a little kind of short about um, uh, a female werewolf character, which can be found in issue forty of Alan Jack's or sorry, Alan Moore's nineteen eighty five. Did I say Alan Jack? What? Where's my brain? <laughs> Alan Moore's 1985 <laughs> comic series, Swamp Thing. Whoops. <laughs> Alan Jackson on the brain. Yeah. <laughs> Phoebe uh, is a woman struggling with a sexist husband named Roy and a raging Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, this is, I'm doing quotes this whole time. I didn't write this. This is a total copy-paste situation. So these are not my words. Um, and she can be seen buying feminine pads in a grocery store. She returns home to a small gathering of friends, and after listening to one too many of Roy's obnoxious and offensive comments, she painfully and juicily, is the word they use here, transforms from a woman into a huge, powerful werewolf, and her wolf form rips out of her body through her orifices, leaving her human skin behind. Um, She's poised to kill Roy, sexist pig. Um, she spares him, but goes on a wild, for some reason, why does she spare him? <laughs> goes on a wild rampage, destroying an adult bookstore <laughs> and a supermarket. Um, and then apparently she touches mind with the swamp thing and she declares, I am woman. I seek release from this stifling place that has been build, built for me. And in the ultimate act of frustration and rage, she impales herself on a knife display that cheerily advertises, here's good news for housewives, which is 
that image. <laughs> Dying Phoebe again becomes human, a human woman again, and asks Swamp Thing to bring her body outdoors where she can expire peacefully. So thank you, Artsy.net, for this little <laughs> blurb about female werewolves. Um, raging case of PMS yeah. brings on oh my God. hair growth and hormones, <laughs> and then you turn into you get hot and you turn into a werewolf. Um, but anyway, the article also does feature uh, work by Julia Oldham, who's, a, who's an artist, and she does collage work that deals with werewolves and femininity and gender. That's something you're into. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm really sorry to be upsetting you, but I have to warn you. Warn me? We were attacked by a werewolf. I'm not listening to this. On the moors, we were attacked by a lycanthrope, a werewolf. I was murdered, an unnatural death. And now I walk the earth in limbo until the werewolf's curse is lifted. Shut up. The wolf's bloodline must be severed. The last remaining werewolf must be destroyed. It's you, David. What? Please believe me. You'll kill people. Nurse! Listen to me! Nurse! The supernatural, <laughs> the power of darkness, it's all true. The undead surround me. Have you ever talked to a corpse? It's boring. I'm lonely. Take your life, David. Kill yourself before you kill others. Please don't cry. Since werewolf stories are a metaphor for repression and so-called deviant behavior, to me, David's transformation into a werewolf represents his struggle with being queer. Uh, now, as a straight person, I don't want to speak to anyone's experience, but this is just how I read the film. So David's struggle is especially evident in the scene we just heard, where Jack appears in the hospital. Jack voices David's internalized homophobia and fear surrounding his queerness, telling him to harm himself before he hurts people. Once Jack disappears, Alex Price, a nurse, uh, comes in the room and David awkwardly kisses her, maybe to push away his horrible feelings. Yeah. Their whole... Well, maybe... I mean, it, it seems as like a destruction mm -hmm. method or, mm -hmm. or some sort of... Yeah. Destruction mm -hmm. from inner torment. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, totally. Yep. And, and yeah, and on the subject of, of Alex Price, she's a nurse that works in the hospital in London. And for some reason, there's a romance between David and Alex, which just seems like very shoehorned. They don't have any chemistry. Doesn't really have to do anything with the story. Like, I guess he needed a place to stay in London. And mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, I like her character. I like that she's like a woman with a last name and, and a job. She's got a great job. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I, it's just sick. Seems weird to, to force romance yeah. that has nothing to do with the story really yeah and it's just a sterile romance get it because she's a nurse uh, and up and all. <laughs> but yeah it's it's just a very kind of like flat relationship totally. that arguably doesn't do much for plot development or or even in the end when he passes away mm -hmm. it's it's easy to kind of forget about their like yeah that's not the the part of it that's emotional or tender is not their relationship it's yeah yeah totally whatever Whatever. Whatever, compulsory <laughs> heterosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that fits with, is, and because I think your queer reading of it is mm -hmm. 
is fascinating. And especially with what you were talking about earlier in regards to puberty and masculinity and those connecting with werewolf Mm -hmm. transformations Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, and then, and then to see this real, this hetero relationship in the film is really unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And where him and his and Jack's relationship, even in death, they miss each other, and there's a humor there and a yeah. warmth there that yeah. their relationship is it seems much more like close and yeah. real to me. Yeah, likewise. The soundtrack for American Werewolf in London is incredibly cheeseball, and it's really kind of love exquisite. It. <laughs> it's so great. All the songs were chosen because they had the word moon in them, uh, making for a, an oddly happy mix of yeah, Bobby Vinton, Sam Cooke, and the Marcells renditions of Blue Moon, as well as Ben Morrison's Moon Dance and CCR's Bad Moon Rising. And yeah, as, as we just played, the juxtaposition of of David's painful transformation mm-hmm. into this hairy beast <laughs> while this beautiful ballad yeah. is, is playing. This smooth ballad is just so it's good. So funny. So funny. It's it. it's quite 
hilarious. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's great, and I, it plays into the like kind of like mastery of if if you're looking at pr- practical effects. Really, it lets mm-hmm. you kind of like sit in wonder at at what is happening with yeah. that transformation because yeah, it's pretty incredible. It. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> Why does she love him, though? I don't she understand their relationship. She doesn't even know him. No. I don't get it. Don't Jill, understand. Mm. I have I'll a look. listener question for you. Mm-hmm. What are your favorite sort of lesser known or not as talked about horror movies? I really like... I really like Mystics in, in Bali. It's a Indonesian supernatural horror film. Mm-hmm. It is kind of a cult classic now. So, I mean, in some circles, you could argue that it is well-known. But it's really cool. I was trying to demonstrate before. There's <laughs> lots of, like, floating witchy heads. And there's spines and entrails oh, girl. float behind <laughs> them. And I'm doing... <laughs> it's almost like a jellyfish head floaty through lots of like, doorways. It rules. It's a really cool film. Watch it. Lots of great imagery. Um, lots of cool Indonesian witches. It's very sweet. Cool. Highly recommend it. What about you, Olivia? Well, this is from 2007. And I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's just like one that I don't hear a lot about. Uh, but it's Teeth from 2007. It's an American comedy fantasy horror movie about this young girl that discovers that she has vagina dentata and it's like cool she sees it as this like evolutionary adaptation and it's really cool and that's fascinating but it's also like rape revenge narrative and sort of and a coming of age at the same time mm. i really like it i have to watch that one still yeah thanks for the it's recommendation really goofy, but i like it okay i'll watch it yeah thanks yeah So apart from Mystics in Bali, which is 1981, another lesser known horror film that I really like is House from 1977. It's a Japanese horror comedy. It has lots of bizarre, surreal imagery and it's hilarious. I I couldn't finish it. I think it was, my TV was really bad and extra orange. And (laughs) it's a little, it's because it's pretty like, 
um, seizure inducing in, yeah, in parts. Yeah. So that's and like not linear and yeah, it's and all logical. Yeah, freaking love it. It's so great. And then also Slither is really fun if you're into like, yeah, gross creatures. There's like, yeah, extraterrestrial parasite. And it's kind of like all <laughs> lots of slugs. It's 20, 2006 American. Yeah. Slugs. Slug horror. Slug horror. <laughs> um, I thought of Black Sunday from 1960. It's a Mario Bava film about like a vengeful witch and her doppelganger. Um, I kind of want to see this remade. Just because the witch doesn't win in this one. Cool. It's like the good Catholic boys that win. Yeah, that needs to be. Subverted. Yeah, so if they if someone could remake it, but the witch wins. The the effects are really cool and like the witch is amazing. And cool. so like yeah. That sounds sweet. Um and also I have an Australian film from two thousand nine called The Loved Ones, which is so violent and so demented, but I also like it's also somehow very enjoyable. Um, it's about um, this girl so I'll I'll just read the description so when Brent turns down his classmate Lola's invitation to the prom she concocts a wildly violent plan for revenge and it's bananas but so good and so enjoyable I'm so excited to watch it yeah but if you can't deal with violence (laughs) um, then don't don't watch it it's pretty extreme it's like martyrs level Mm. but without the nihilistic undertones and overtones violent romp yeah <laughs> truly <laughs> uh yeah so that's our show thank week. you so much for listening yeah, stay listening. tuned for more werewolves, werewolves in june <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm so excited for this month i love i love a theme yeah it's great thanks for the theme olive yeah um if you have any suggestions questions or want to talk to us more about um american werewolf in london you can email us at bikini drive-in at gmail.com and you can listen to Bikini Drive-In every Sunday at 4.30 on CKW 95.9 FM. Bye. Goodbye.
You're listening to CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Our frequency celebrates diversity.